everybody. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm Molly Herford, and when I'm not recording this podcast or writing all about endurance sports, nutrition, training, racing, etc., I am hopefully doing one of those things. And I'm Peter Glassford. I'm a registered kinesiologist and an endurance coach, and you are here on the Consummate Athlete Podcast, or CAP, as I'm told. Um looking at all different types of performers and movers and athletes and coaches uh, and the sports that they deal with. And we're trying to pull those back into, you know, actionable things we can use in our own sports and lives. I thought you were going to say movers and shakers there for a second. Maybe, maybe I'll have to change that to yeah, movers and shakers. Yeah. T- take a memo. Um, anyway. Yes, for all, for all my notes. <laughs> what's, what's new with you? Well, I've been doing, we're sort of in goal setting, you know, starting in on 2020 season for a lot of people. We're finishing up cyclocross season for a bunch of people. Uh, Yeah, so I'm just, I don't know, I'm sort of in the time of year I like actually, like sort of talking about goals and, you know, how things went and what are we going to do now and then also doing more programming, right? So sort of when you think about what does a coach do, I always imagined it was just sort of like sitting there making out an annual training plan and, you know, designing this perfect thing that would be followed 100%. And and that's really a very, very small part of what you do. Uh, So this is the time of year I get to actually do that. So Mm -hmm. I I guess I'm happy I get to sit here. (laughs) Well, that sounds great. I've actually been giving a lot of talks on goal setting. So we've had kind of a similar week, except I've I've become a a promotional speaker. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little weird, but I was uh, was down at Bay Path University. Shout out to the lovely people who brought me there. Um, And we talked all about, you know, self-care and good habits and sort of how those help our goals. So it was really fun to kind of do a bit of an exercise where we, you know, thought about some of our bigger athletic goals, so the big scary goals, but then actually broke down you know okay what are what are some of the habits that can help us get there not just you know showing up to practice or doing the training for the day but like there's a lot of other things like sleeping and you know drinking enough water and all these little minor things that kind of come together to make our goals actually attainable right right so yeah that was super fun and then I went down to Connecticut and hung out with uh, the pedal power Uh, crew of young ladies on their team and the pedal power bike shop in Middletown and you know did a talk on some sports psychology topics there and did a cyclocross ride the girls took me on a trail known as the roller coaster uh, which was actually one of the most fun trails I've ever ridden on a cyclocross bike Uh, yeah I had a total blast so those were very similar but also very very different nights and I'm still recovering a little bit from them, but I'm, yeah, already planning a bunch more speaking things. So if you're interested in having, you know, me come out and chat with your young shred girls or whoever, uh, you can find that info over on shred-girls.com. There's a speaking section on there now. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like so far they've been well received. You you did one at your your own elementary school as well, sort Mm -hmm. of on a an early sort of what do I want to be when I grow up, but like first steps on that. So sort of similar theme, but sort of hashing through, you just got to, you know, start through on something and drink some water in the morning. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It's been really fun. And before that I, I raced a 5k. That was a little weird. I'm used to the, the 50k distance lately. So uh, hitting a 5k before I headed down to the U S was a little weird. I knew going into it, I was just going to, you know, go as hard as I, possibly could and it went super well but it was a very different kind of pain than a 50k yep yep it's i think 
it's a good it's good to do yeah it's good it's good for you i think to sort of run for all your worth yeah we talked about this right after but it was really interesting to me uh during a 50k your mind is going to wander because you're out there for a few hours so it's you know you're just not going to be thinking go 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 the entire time you just i don't think you can um but during a 5k if you catch your mind wandering you kind of have to pull it back because you really only have you know 20 minutes or you know around hovering around the 20 minute area we'll say to get it done and if you're trying to do it like I was and go all out the entire time you can't really settle in and start thinking about anything else yeah and that you know once you're over that threshold or into that vo2 type effort um you know it's there's no hiding there's no you know, we talked about you couldn't use any of those strategies that maybe in a marathon you might use where you sort of like think about something else or you distract yourself. You know, you're sort of, it's just, it burns for all it's worth and you're breathing hard and you got to stay really focused not to trip and like fall on your face and, you know, just to keep on the gas, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's, it's, it's something you have to sort of learn to love, but I think it's, we're very good at distracting ourselves. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say these days, but I'm going to say these days. It's um, true. Yeah, so I think it's good for a lot of people to do that. Yeah, so it's definitely a good thought experiment for me. Um, all right, well, before we before we get into this week's guest, uh, just a quick reminder that it is the Wide Angle Podium Network's donor drive for the next couple weeks. Uh, for those of you new to the show, Wide Angle Podium Network is the network that we're part of. It's the world's largest independent cycling media uh podcast network it's got a ton of really great shows on it you know slow ride podcast cx harris podcast um tons of really really good content and you know we've been really lucky to be working with them for the last three years now and it's it's been awesome so if you like this show if you're you know enjoying getting episodes and all this information every week consider heading over to wideanglepodium.com and supporting them every little bit helps so yeah check it out yeah. Do you want me to add something on that or what? I don't know. Do you I think, have anything so, so, to add? I think this is just, this is our, our prelude. We'll, we'll have to do a, a longer one. We'll want to do a longer uh, sort of what is wide angle podium in the coming weeks. But if we can get on this early, then we can do less of that and more of the shows. Uh, and this certainly prevents us from having to have advertising. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, it's worthwhile that way. And I think I've likened it in the past. It's sort of like your Netflix or cable yeah, sort of absolutely. subscriptions. Uh, so there's all different levels of uh, donation, I guess you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, some are ongoing, some are just sort of one times. And there's there are bonuses, bonuses to be had. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, good good job on that. With that out of the way, what do we have on today? Today, I'm actually really excited. Today we have on Carolyn Schley, who is an author and a high school teacher. Um, she's from New York City. She's lived all over the world. She's a former kayak guide and Nordic skier turned runner. And we actually are talking because she's doing her first marathon. She's doing the NYC marathon. And we just kind of wanted to talk through her training and what it's looked like. Um, we so often have people on here who've done, you know, hundreds of marathons or who are doing like ultra runs, 100 milers, 50 milers, um, Ironmans, like even we're certainly guilty of, you know, kind of, you know, we've, we've done marathons before. So at some point I start thinking that, oh, that distance isn't that scary. But for a lot of people, 
that distance still is, you know, this unknown and still scary. And if I'm honest, I really probably should be more scared of it than I am at this point. Um, so it's it's really interesting to kind of hear from someone who's going through all of it for the first time. Um, notice again, though, she has done 10Ks, half marathons. She's been really athletic. So what I liked as well is, you know, it's not talking to someone who's from the couch to a marathon. It's someone who's you know, athletic and is training really reasonably for it, I think. Um, so it's a lot of really good takeaways, especially if you're contemplating doing your first marathon. Yeah, and I think it's it's similar to what you were talking about with the 5K, right? It's it's not quite the same as a 5K, but when you're comparing it to something like a 100 mile or something, you know, they're different. They're both hard in their own way, especially if you're going to really push yourself in any of them. But the, like a well-run marathon, right? Like that can that can occupy people's entire lives to run, you know, have that good day that goes perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so here's hoping yeah. her marathon goes great. But yeah. It's coming. It's like the, is it the third of November? I believe so. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's coming up. So we'll have to let everyone know on a subsequent episode, how she goes. Uh, but without further ado, enjoy this episode with Carolyn Schley. When someone asks you at a party what it is that you do, how do you introduce yourself? So at the moment, if someone asks me what I do, I say that I'm a writer. Um, And then I usually add that I am also a trained high school teacher, certified high school teacher that's on sabbatical because one of those two things is usually like a little bit easier for people to grasp onto than the other. So I give them a choice. I love um, that. Where they want to take the conversation. (laughs) And uh, that is what I would say that I do. Yeah. And I mean, your outdoorsy background, like we'll talk a ton about marathon training, but you have a pretty extensive outdoorsy background background that actually would not have made me assume that you'd pick up marathon training. I would have like expected to be talking to someone who's like, oh yes, now I'm a cross-country skiing champion and mountain climber and all this crazy stuff because you started in more of like an outdoor ed type environment. So give me your athletic background here. Yes. So I mean, I really until high school, like I was born and raised in New York City and did pretty tame, like school inspired team sports until probably about my junior year of high school. And then junior year, I did a um, semester program on a farm in New England that really made me appreciate like just the general outdoors in a much bigger picture and seek out those like just more sort of inspired outdoor opportunities in my life. So then for college, I was out in Colorado at University of Colorado at Boulder and really just like by sort of dumb luck fell in with a really fun, active crowd there and got um, like a few semesters in college. I worked as a kayak instructor. Um, I was a whitewater raft guide. A lot of my friends were whitewater raft guides. We did some really cool trips in like national park wilderness um, in the Western United States. Uh, I did some really cool hiking, solo hiking trips in college and And that sort of led me into immediately after college and like when all my friends were sort of like going and getting responsible jobs, I decided to move (laughs) to New Zealand and work uh, at a ski resort for six months. And then uh, I liked that outdoor based lifestyle that I so much that I just sort of kept doing that for two or three years and went from 
New Zealand to California and was able, like, fortunate to do some really fun long distance hikes in New Zealand and a lot of great day hiking when I lived in California. Um, and then really just like, uh, as I transitioned into out like more sort of, uh, traditional work, like I worked, um, in outdoor education on the West coast and then in China, it was all like, I always wanted to be centered around just being active and being outside no mm -hmm. matter what I was doing. Yeah. And then at what point did you shift into running? Cause I know you've done 10 Ks and half marathons and stuff like that. So where did that shift happen? That's such a good question. So I would say when I started teaching high school, like about 10 years ago, I got a little bit more than 10 years ago now, I'd like after I'd had all of these fun adventures outside, I decided to go back to school and get certified to teach um, secondary biology, really primarily because I wanted to like teach kids about environmental science. Um, but when I started working on that schedule, I had to sort of re-examine like how I was fitting fitness and exercise and outdoor activity mm -hmm. into my life. And to me, running is just like the easiest thing that you can oh, do yes. if you're well conditioned for it. Like all you need is shoes. You can just go. You can, as long as you're sort of relatively cognizant about like what's going on around you and where you are, you can do it pretty much anywhere, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's always great exercise and you don't have to like participate in it for very long to like feel really good, Yeah, <laughs> which is always an interest of mine when I'm like trying to be outside and be in, you know, the outdoors. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how, yeah, was, so how was that transition though, going from kind of these like bigger adventures and, you know, long hikes and everything to suddenly, you know, kind of more urban training for a 10k which is much more structured and you know not quite as well I'm gonna say fun to be totally honest <laughs> yeah I'm just gonna put I it mean, out there I was ready for it like I had sort of when I the last um really like outdoor centric place that I lived was Lake Tahoe in California and like when I left there like I sold all my ski gear and I was like you know I'm just like I need to like find a more responsible path for a little while. <laughs> so like I was excited to have like a serious work schedule and train like in a little bit more of a traditional way in a city. But mm -hmm. I do, you know, I know what you mean. Like it's not all of a sudden, like your time just feels very different. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I think in some ways it actually kind of forces you to be a more efficient, like honestly better athlete in some ways. I find like the busier I get, the better I am at my training in a weird way. Yeah, well, and because you like that becomes the thing that is like uh, your extracurricular thing in your day, mm -hmm. you know, like you, like when I worked outdoors, like when I worked at like operating ski lifts all day, when I had a day off, I was like, Oh, I'm going to like lay on the couch and watch TV. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm exhausted and I'm sunburnt and I'm tired. But now like when I have a day off or I mean, as a teacher, like a whole summer off, all I want to do is like plan fun trips and really like maximize my time while I'm on them. Mm -hmm. So I'm willing to like do that extra little bit of research to make sure it's like going to be really great. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you just get much more efficient with your, your time out the door, your time actually doing the training. Like there's much less like putzing around, you know, you're not like, Oh, I need to, Oh, I should charge my headphones. I should, uh, maybe I'm going to change my socks. And now you're like, okay, these are the socks yeah. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Like lace up your shoes and let's go. Cause you have 90 minutes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. 
Um, so you've, you've raced all over the place. What's, what's like your favorite race memory of like the coolest spot you've been? So, I mean, as a New Yorker, my favorite runs are always in Central Park. Mm -hmm. And the first 10K I did was like the Central Park Loop. Um, And that to me, it's just like such an iconic place to go running. And you're with people that are like so into running, you know, and I mean, running the reservoir in Central Park, like I've met people from all over the world that are runners and they're like so stoked to be there because they've seen pictures of it and like wanted to just go run there for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that to me is always like, a f- and it also like means I'm home, you know, like I'm with my family. Yeah. So that is probably like for several sort of uh, vaguely related reasons i always say that's my favorite run and my favorite race and that's i'm so excited to be doing the marathon there this year and ending you know like 20 blocks away from where i grew up yeah yeah that's awesome so what what made this the year that you're like okay signing up for the new york city marathon (laughs) so definitely I think, um, well, the fact that I'm on sabbatical from my teaching job was like a mm-hmm. significant push because the amount of time that it takes to train for a marathon, like I can appreciate how people are able to do it working full time, but I think it would be really, really difficult. Honestly, it to work that into your schedule. When, when I hear, especially there are people, you know, they have like four kids and full-time jobs and are training for Iron Man, And I'm just like, I don't understand how you're existing right now. Yeah. Like where do you find the hours in your day? It's amazing. It's like, I think they have like one of those time Turner things from Harry Potter to be totally honest, (laughs) where they're just constantly going back to like double up on stuff. Um, So, so how has marathon training been in general? I mean, the races is coming up. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, the training has been so interesting. Like I feel because this so this is the first I mean, I've done sort of like long distance uh, camping trips and stuff before. But in terms of like, really long term training for like a singular activity, this is um, definitely the most intense thing I've ever done. And I feel like I've just learned so much about my body. Yeah. So when did you when did you decide to sign up for the marathon and like start training for it properly? So I decided to sign up probably in what January, February, like March or April of last year. Um, well, so March or April of 2019, okay. and then knew that I was going to have to start. I'm on the Hal Higdon 16 week training program, which I love, but knew that I would have to sort of like hit the ground running with that in July. So started like I'd sort of fallen off um, with running just because I'd like had some injuries and stuff. So I sort of started building up my miles in the spring, knowing that like come July, I'd really have to be going like hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you already had, you've done half marathons and stuff. So it's not like you were just like, Oh, I've never run before. I'm going to do this 16 weeks to a marathon kind of thing. Right. Um, But I do think it's so different because like when I was training for a half, that's actually, I hurt my foot like pretty badly. And I was like, I'm just going to keep training, you know, like I don't ever have to run that far. Like I'll sort of figure it out after the race. What's wrong with my foot? Like that's, that's a good plan. And then it ended up that like my foot was hurt for like two years, you know, but it was, 
like that was such an easy uh, way out to an immediate goal and you like I can't do that now Mm -hmm. with screaming which makes it so fascinating Mm -hmm. yeah so how were the first couple weeks on the plan kind of adjusting to that okay here's this training plan that you now have to do Uh, So the first couple of weeks (laughs) actually were a little bit hectic because I was in southern Vietnam for the first three weeks of July. Oh, okay. And it was, which was great. I was there for a wedding with my boyfriend. um, But it's like sort of the beginning of their monsoon season. So like, (laughs) I went there knowing that. But I definitely had like some very rainy runs and then also some runs like and I mean the distance that you're doing in the first couple weeks isn't that major you know it's like three to five miles Mm -hmm. but I definitely did like at least two three mile runs running circles around our hotel room because that was the only thing that I could do to run and I was so desperate to like not get off the plan right at the beginning (laughs) but that's such a good like that's such a good mental thing though right like you did that so you're pretty much good for anything at that point yeah. And that what like the first time that I ran three miles going in circles around my hotel room, I was like, all right, I think like, I think I can do this training, yeah. you know, mentally, I think I like am very determined about this. And so yeah. that was a good lesson. I feel like that's actually, it's almost more mental than I mean, like the three miles physically just doesn't really matter that much, right? Like you could right. skip that and it wouldn't have like killed your plan. But I think the mental, like, no, I'm gonna do this. Like, that's, that's much more important than the actual mileage. Yeah. And especially then, like now, you know, my long runs are creeping up on like, um, whatever, three hours and Mm -hmm. to like mentally keep going through prolonged uh, periods of physical activity, like you really do have to have something in your mind that you're like drawing from. Mm -hmm. And okay, we talked about this right before we started recording, but it so much of this is like already making me like think, oh, yeah, this sounds exactly like trying to write like, even you know, for three miles, right? Like, even if the writing is crap, it's more that I sat down for half an hour and made myself get some words on the page. So yeah, how, how have you found that between balancing writing a book and training for this? I mean, I think there are so many good parallels with, as you said, like the mental strength component of writing and running. And I think like they're both to me, like I use my, I guess they don't have to be solitary activities, but like I am very solitary in both of those activities. Same. Yeah. And I like, and I mean, I know some people get social about their running or their writing, but I like pretty actively shy away from that like if people want to go running with me I'm like I'm more likely to be like that's like sort of something I do by myself Um, and I do and I think that like um in this like it's they're both very difficult like they have a high activation energy Mm -hmm. you know you have to like and there are parts uh, of each activity where you really have to like power through and be like this feels terrible but like you just got like you got to keep going (laughs) it's not the end and you got to keep going till the end otherwise it's going to feel terrible for much longer you know if you don't finish (laughs) yeah could not agree Um, more so I do think that like um, this, like this, the wellspring of strength that you find in both of those things, like sort of in that way, they're parallel and like feed off each other, mm-hmm. which is helpful. Cause I also think like, you know, if I had uh, 
a not great day of writing and I go on a run, I'm like, I really appreciate my run. And if I had a not great day of running and then I have like a really good couple hours writing, like you can sort of balance out the energy of those two things. Yes, 100%. I also find the running is a really good chance for me to like kind of think through a lot of my writing stuff. I think most of my plot points come during runs. Yeah, definitely me too. And I like, because I think a little bit about how to like use running time productively now that I'm spending like, you know, 10 hours a week running. (laughs) And so like, I try to sometimes have a list of stuff I really want to like figure out on a run and you normally can get it figured out. Mm -hmm. So in prepping for this marathon, kind of backing out, since this is your first one, I mean, what have you, have you been doing anything like reading other new runners, like blogs on how they tackled the New York City Marathon for the first time or anything like that? Or are you just kind of like, I'm going to figure this out for myself and not find any kind of outside info? So I've been, the thing that I've been most curious about is like hydration plans and what people do like logistically to be prepared. Cause yeah. I mean, logistically, like I, there's a lot of people that are like piling into Staten Island at six o'clock in the morning, you know? So I've been really trying to read up on like what to wear in the morning, what to wear on the run. Like, um, should I get the poncho or have a bag check? Like where are the first three water stations? Those kinds of things I'm super interested in. Um, but I feel like some of the magic of the course, I want to have it be a surprise, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm trying not to read too much about like experiences of people being like, Oh, and like, I came over the 59th street bridge and like, this is the scene that's there, you know, cause I want to, I want to like experience those things on my own. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, the thing that I've been looking up a lot is uh, act, like exercise activities to support running. Cause I've been surprised how much I've needed that, like specifically yes. hip strengthening activities. I've been like real, real curious about. <laughs> I think as like as a writer, I'm gonna say you're probably more inclined to do the research than a lot of people maybe are, because it's just yeah. kind of our it's our mo, right? Like I don't I don't know something like let me do this really deep dive into it. Yeah, totally. Um, so that actually leads very neatly into because I was gonna ask you about actually the three things I wanted to ask you about were your gear and your plan for the marathon, your nutrition plan for the marathon, and your strength work and like any flexibility stuff you've been doing. So let's let's start with the hip stuff. So what have you figured out works? So for me, I actually went to maybe like in the beginning of August, I got like a pretty significant amount of hip pain on my right side. And I think what it turned out happened was I had torn one of those like really little muscles that sits under your glutes, not torn, but like strained it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I went to uh, a physical therapist in New York City that recommended some strength training exercises. Um, And some of my favorites have been like a one-footed kickback where you stand on one foot and then thrust your other leg backwards. I think that's really good for the muscles that I need to strengthen. Mm -hmm. And then also like a one-footed bridge up. So you're on the ground and like pushing up with one of your legs into a bridge. Mm -hmm. How how often are you doing that stuff? Like is that a daily? So I do that 
four times a week, like usually not on my big run day. And I try to have one day where I'm like totally resting and not doing anything. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the days, uh, I'll uh, four of the other five days, I guess I'll try to do these. It's like, you know, probably half an hour altogether worth of strengthening exercises and stretches. Mm -hmm. And the stretch that I've actually really fallen in love with is just laying flat on your stomach and letting your like putting your legs up behind you and letting them V out because it's sort of like the other way from how you would normally stretch your legs and it's supposed to be really good for your hip rotation and that's like not the way people would normally rotate their hips and Mm -hmm. I've really noticed like it's made a big difference in my hip rotation. Ooh, I'm gonna have to try that. That sounds really relaxing too. Yeah, and it's like really relaxing. You know, you're like a little kid watching TV stretch. Yeah, (laughs) I love that. (sighs) Um, and it's funny, I, the biggest thing I've done for myself in the last like few years was starting a thing where I do like some stretches and some core and various activations for whatever injury I have at at any given time, like in the morning, the first thing when I wake up and I cannot believe the difference that like a little amount of time makes to how my body feels. It's crazy. It's amazing. And like the, also the exercises like feel so basic you know like some of the stuff that I was doing I was like well how is this so difficult I'm like you know I'm like standing on one leg with my eyes closed (laughs) like how can I not do this very simple thing but it really like when you take the 15 seconds to do it it really changes like your whole structure of balance for your whole body yeah yeah um, and then, so we, we mentioned you're trying to figure out what to wear for the race. So what have you figured out? What's, what's the plan from morning till finish? So the best tip that I got about the morning session of the New York City Marathon, and maybe this is normal, I don't know, but I thought it was super interesting, was that, because I mean, people, like, it can be really cold and not very nice weather, Mm -hmm. and uh, you're sort of hanging out, like, I mean, I'll be hanging out at the start corrals for, like, probably three and a half hours the morning of the marathon, so what people do is like get a bunch of uh, cheap sweatpants and like warm clothing. And then they have Goodwill donation baskets all around the start corals. And you like put your stuff in there when you're ready to get into your running position and go. And then all of the stuff is donated. And then it's like about to be winter in New York City. So it all goes out to like homeless programs in the city. Oh, that's so smart. I know. Isn't that great? So that, so I'm going to do that. And then during the run, I mean, my, like my gear selection is terrible. I have, like, I take, (laughs) I take mountaineering gear, like somewhat seriously, but running and going to the gym, I always sort of like, I like just like not thinking about it too much. So like currently, and for my whole training program, including like running through monsoon season in Vietnam, I wear like a white cotton t-shirt, like a five-year-old sports bra. And I have literally one pair of running shorts that I bought at Paragon in New York City four years ago. (laughs) So that's probably what I'm going to wear for the marathon. Oh my gosh. Uh, I know. As someone who's collected a lot of gear over the years, my eyes are like so wide right now. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god! I mean, it, yeah, it's like it's not great. I might, I might is, try yeah, to do so a little great. bit. That's so great! I love that. That actually <laughs> makes me so happy. Like you can, t- hey, you can train for a marathon in, like in, you know, not Cotton. optimal, like ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. like technical fabrics and like 
super fancy stuff. I mean, honestly, if I think back, like when I was first training for a triathlon, it took me three years before someone told me that there were bike shorts that had like a pad in them. So I was <laughs> I was riding in like gym shorts, you know, like the I Sophie. I you might have like, if you were doing triathlons and didn't have bike shorts. No, on. it was That's ridiculous. Terrible. Like the you know, like the Sophie gym shorts you had in like middle school <laughs> that you'd like roll up. Yeah, I was riding like eighty miles in them. Oh my god. It was so bad and no one told me. So I, I just said. didn't I didn't even think it was bad because that was that was just what Because you don't know. Yeah. yeah. Didn't know any better. <laughs> so you're probably better off, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So I mean I'm hoping that that'll be all right. I like my sneakers. Um I guess they're sort of like a heavier kind of sneaker. They're the Asics Gel Nimbus. Okay. I think I actually um, ran my first marathon in those now that I think did about you? it. They're like um, the classics. Yeah, and I mean and I actually have uh, two pairs of the exact same ones um hey when you find the one that fits you get multiple pairs because they yeah, will be gone that's been next really time helpful. <laughs> and the, and i sort of like there's something i like about i think it's like i'm just making this up but i like to sort of like i'll wear one for like my long run and then alternate out of that pair and like let it rest and then i feel like they're in better shape the next time i want to wear them again so i like being able to sort of go back and forth between the two pairs mm-hmm. and i'm trying i'm trying to wear them out like relatively evenly mm-hmm. and that seems to be working it's really nice to have the two pairs i find because that way if one of them is like soaked from a really wet run you can run in dry shoes the next day yeah totally that's so true yeah so next next topic in these like three big parts is the nutrition so first i like first let's talk kind of globally because i mean going from training for like a 10k and like a casual half marathon to like training for a marathon does involve a fair amount of changes to how you eat both like in training and then throughout your day so have you noticed any major changes or made any big changes Yes. So I'm a vegetarian and like have been for a long time and have always been, you know, comfortable with that diet throughout like whatever outdoor stuff I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely have been uh, trying to be really careful to get a lot of protein. And I've so I've just been like having protein bars. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's been really helpful. Because I do think, like, if I didn't do that, my body would like want something more. Um, and then the other thing that I've, there's a couple other things I've gotten into. This is really the first time that I've seriously tried to have like electrolyte supplements. Oh, okay. Um, and that's been really good. I, right now I'm using like a power bar one. That's good. I like the noon ones. Uh, um, but I think just like having something like that for me has been uh, like really helpful. And I try to have that every day. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, what else has been going on with my diet? I like, um, one of my friends that has run the marathon before recommended, I don't really like those gel packets. Yeah. Um, uh, but she recommended energy chews, like the sort of like shop blocks, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I do really like those. Yeah, they're definitely a little easier consistency-wise to kind of get used to, especially if you're not used to using a bunch of nutri- like sports nutrition stuff. Yeah. The gels are a little yeah, bit like, consistency oh. Those gels is like, I mean, some people really like them, but for me, it's like, I don't know. It I, takes some getting used to. There are scenarios where they're all right, but for me, like running on a hot day is not when I, when I want like a gel goo. <laughs> it's definitely a weird thing to have to get used to, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, what has the hardest part in all of the training and prep been for you? 
I mean, I think for me, some of the like some of the mentality stuff has been hard because I like I started this process thinking of myself as a pretty fast runner Mm -hmm. and I've actually like slowed down sort of considerably (laughs) in my like average mile pace over the course of my training which for a little while like in the middle of the training ride was sort of concerning to me but then I I decided to just like embrace it because it was I got hurt in August and when I was like sort of trying to retrain myself how to run so that I wouldn't get hurt again. The thing that I found that worked the best was like to just slow down, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And then uh, like, I sort of never felt comfortable bringing it back up to the pace that I used to run at. It's funny. I started working with a different coach, uh, like around this time last year. And the first thing we did was basically slow down so that everything felt super easy. And I hated it it was the <laughs> hardest thing I had to adjust to and yeah well because like in life you're so encouraged to like do everything as fast as you can yeah. so you can do everything uh, uh, like all the time and it's just like it's a hard adjustment to not act like that <gasps> yeah exactly so you, so most people end up running in this weird like middle ground most of the time instead of ever running really easy and then doing really good hard efforts um, but it's really hard to get out of that middle ground that feels pretty quick mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's what's the easiest part Ben um the easiest part that's a good question um I think uh, if I had to come up with like the easiest thing it's probably been uh, I really like all the places that I've been training like I've been really fortunate to be in some really beautiful uh, running spots mm-hmm. so like are there a fair amount of um runs that I like get excited to go do just because I think they're going to be beautiful you know Mm -hmm. so that's been really nice like I've been I've done some running like this summer I was uh, on the mid-coast region of Maine for three weeks of my training and so you're like running along the side of the Atlantic Ocean like all this beautiful coastline or like in New York City um, or in like these islands off the south coast of Vietnam or uh, right now I'm in Spain so like that's all really like that's nice yeah yeah, for sure. Um, so as the race is, is getting closer, are you getting nervous? Do you get pre-race jitters? I mean, you've, you've raced before, so you kind of know what the start line is going to be like. So what are you feeling going into it? I mean, I'm not nervous yet. Like, I'm sure I will be, like, on the ferry going over the, to, like, on the other side of the Verrazano Bridge. Sure. Um, but I'm, like... I'm relatively confident that I'm going to be able to finish, you know, I'm not concerned about my finish time. Mm -hmm. So in that way, like there's not, I'm not nervous about that aspect of it. Like I'm definitely, like when I ran my last 10 K, I like had a time I wanted to hit and I was going to be like disappointed if I didn't hit the time, you know, so I was nervous for that. And I don't feel that way for this. It's It's just like the overall finishing it is what I'm interested in. I feel like that's the best part about like the first time you do a distance is you don't really have any idea. (laughs) You don't have like a benchmark yet. So you just, (laughs) you just do it. Exactly. I feel like that's why I keep changing disciplines and distances. It's just that way I I never really have to set a specific time I want to finish or now I like trail stuff because 
from one trail to the next, you can't really set like a, this is the time I want to do it in because I've done it in this time for the same distance in another race because you don't know what the trail is going to look like. So. Right, because all the trails are so different. Exactly. Yeah. So you never really have to be like, oh, well, I know I can do, you know, uh, you know, 20K in two hours on trail because it's like, well, how much elevation was there? What were the trails like? What were the conditions like? And it could change so much. But marathons kind of stress me out because they are very like time oriented and like pace specific once you've mm-hmm. done, done a few and like have a benchmark to, to work towards you're in like the best part of marathon racing I feel like yeah <laughs> um and what are you thinking post-race do you think you're gonna have like a period of of you know like oh it's done kind of like the post-race letdown I know after big races I definitely get that for like a few weeks Yeah, I definitely get that too. And I'm trying to actually line up a winter mountaineering trip so that I like have something else to look forward to. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I do think like, it's nice to always it's nice to have a goal. Um, And also like, I'm hopefully going to be in pretty good shape after the marathon. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to use it as like a like a baseline to go and train for something else. Mm yeah and now you're you're working on a book right now there's it's not going to be done like the same day as the marathon right because i've actually had that happen where i had a book due like the week after my big race so it was like double <laughs> let down and it was hard <laughs> yeah because then you like yeah you need stuff to look forward to no it's not going to be done the same time as the marathon it's actually i think i'm going to do um national novel writing month which is in november usually so like i'm going to be working a lot on the book in november so Mm -hmm. that'll be good it'll be like a good distraction yeah for sure shift that training time right into writing time yeah (laughs) awesome and you have a you have a blog that kind of talks a bit about training and travel and all of that fun stuff so um, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you and follow along with your adventures? And I hope you'll do you'll do a post race wrap up. I imagine. Yeah, for sure. I will be writing a post race wrap up. Um, so my I have a website that's carolineschley.com, and my blog is also immediately accessible at rhymeswithfabulous.com. Um, and I call it like you know a lifestyle and travel blog. I sort of focus on different adventures that I'm having and stuff that's going on in my world. Um, and I would love to have people check it out and let me know if any of my experiences resonate with what they're doing. Um, yeah. And that's, and I'll definitely be writing about the race so people can figure out if I, if I did it or not. <laughs> awesome. And before we, before we wrap this up, do you have just a couple of tips for someone who's listening to this and is like, I really do want to sign up for a marathon. What's what's your best beginner advice? So I think uh, this is like such good transferable advice to any different part of your life is like you it's important to schedule your priorities. So like when you like when I was really thinking that I wanted to sign up for a marathon, I was able to schedule it in a time when I like didn't have a lot of other stuff going on at work. Mm -hmm. But I think if you do, you can also look at your schedule and be like, okay, if I'm going to be running, you know, five hours a week, like specifically when exactly could I do that? And uh, would I be able to like get myself out of bed at five in the morning or go to the gym after work or like whatever it takes to do that? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think like, like, um, 
seeing the reality of what it would be like in your schedule is like a really important first mental step for any, really anything you're going to do. Oh, yes. Cause so many people overcommit so much and get burned out in the first, you know, week or, yeah. or show up completely unprepared one or the other. <laughs> yeah, totally. And like, I mean, with the, when you're talking about athletic stuff, like you might get hurt or uh, ha- like have something sort of go awry and you don't want that. And then when mm-hmm. you're talking about other big projects, like you, j- I mean, you need to know that you had to schedule your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, this was so much fun chatting with you. We, you know, we have so many people on who've been doing marathons or whatever different race for years and years and years. And, you know, sometimes the advice gets a little bit esoteric and a little bit into like, you know, this is how I've done it because I've been training for two decades. So it's really cool to get to chat with someone who's, you know, going into their, their first adventure with, you know, a background in athletics. So it's not totally, you know, a crazy thing to be doing, but it's, it's right. Yeah. It's really nice to hear this kind of like more beginner take on marathons. Cause I think sometimes we get very in our like endurance sport bubble where marathon becomes like a casual thing. And it really isn't like right. at all. <laughs> for me, it certainly isn't. Yeah. I'm sure for some of your guests, it's a, it's a pretty casual endeavor, <laughs> but it's, yeah, um, it's yeah, definitely it's, not. And it's so, I think it's so interesting to hear the more esoteric advice too, you know, yeah. but it's been great talking to you about all this. Yeah. Yeah. This is super fun. And yeah, hopefully we'll cross paths one of these days between the fact that we're occasionally both in Europe and we're both occasionally in the New York area. So <laughs> yep, manage to sure. hook up and get out on a run one of these days. Yeah. I would love that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Carolyn. It's been a pleasure chatting. Yeah, thank you so much. And I love your website and your podcast. And I'm excited to keep up with you on all that stuff. Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Uh, you can check out my stuff over at theoutdooredit.com or by following me on Instagram and Twitter at Molly J. Herford. And you can check out Peter's coaching, training plans, blogs, all that fun stuff over at smartathlete.ca or by following him on Twitter and Instagram at Peter Glassford. And if you want to support this show and other awesome podcasts, please check out WideAnglePodium.com for show info, other podcasts, bonus content, and to become a donating member so you can get all of that rad behind-the-scenes content and help keep shows like this on the air. And lastly, if you're enjoying this podcast and all the information that we're bringing to you every single week, Uh, Do us a solid and pop into iTunes to leave us a rating and review. Takes you about two seconds. You can do it on your computer. You can do it on your phone. And it really helps us out. Thanks so much. And we will see you next week.